2. Achashverosh's Master Plan If he had come this far, Achashverosh saw no reason not to realize all of his ambitions for ultimate power. He drew up a plan of action designated to remove these obstacles from his path. The royal capital was moved from its present location to the city of Shushan. Plenty of mumbling was heard, and some even dared to whisper that this commoner turned king was a haughty fellow indeed to transfer his throne from the capital occupied by the great kings before him. The implications of this move were not lost on the people either. Well did they understand the significance of the fact that he had not inherited a Babylonian throne thanks to their approval, but that he arrived at his power on his own and would henceforth rule them as slaves from his new Persian capital. Two years had passed of Ahasuerus's reign, years filled with scheming towards this objective of achieving absolute power. In the third year of his reign, he unfolded to his trusted minister a master plan for reaching his goal. Proclaim a great feast for all the officers and servants of my realm. Let invitations go out at once to all the princes and ministers whom I have appointed, as well as to all my brave soldiers and faithful servants. But your majesty, asked one of the ministers, what about the nobles and princes of all the provinces? Are they not to be invited? (laughs) Nobles and princes indeed. They are simply common servants as far as I am concerned. For I was not the one who raised them to their posts. Why, I should not trade the viceroy of my, why, I would not trade the viceroy of my largest province for one of the ministers whom I have appointed since ascending the throne. But the subjects in the provinces will not understand this, your majesty, and they will be deeply insulted that they are not represented at this feast. Don't be a fool. Of course I intend to invite these noblemen but only after the lowliest archer in my army and the simplest servant in my palace have received their invitations will the call go to these insolent foreigners who still dare to speak with reverence of the kings before me. Let them stew with their memories of previous rulers. They will now learn that only those who owe their positions to my grace have any importance in this kingdom. Now that the invitations have been ordered, the king turned to the problem of financing the feast. This will be the most magnificent feast the world has ever known. No expenses to be spared in making it a great success. If your majesty will allow, will allow me, haltingly interrupted the finance minister, I will remind the king that we are already very close to exceeding the royal budget for celebrations. You and your cursed budget, thundered the king. You speak of it as if it was your own money or the people's. If not for my mighty conquest, the treasure will be empty today. It is my gold and silver which fill the royal coffers, and I intend to use them as I wish. So much money will be spent on this feast that no one will ever forget that all of the nation's riches are mine and mine alone.